All right, a couple announcements for you guys this morning. First announcement is Mitchell, our lead pastor, is out on a break. If you haven't noticed yet, or if you're new with us this morning, he's not here still. He'll be back in a couple of weeks, but him and his family are taking uh, a break this summer just to get some time to rest and to get some vision uh, to keep going. And so they are out this morning, but they haven't left us. They will be back here soon. Um, and the next announcement is next Sunday is going to be Prayer Sunday. We've been doing this. Uh, we did it once in June. We'll do it in July and in August, uh, the first weekend, the first Sunday of each month. Uh, we're just spending a little bit more extended time in prayer and worship um, for our city, for our church, and for the nations. And so we would love to see you here next Sunday for that. Um, that is all the announcements I have. So the next thing I'm going to do is invite up our speaker today which uh, is fun because it's my wife. So let's all give it up for Madeline as she comes up to speak. That's all? That's all my intro? Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Like Larry said, my name is Madeline. Um, we... Moved here about three years ago to plant this church, and Larry's on staff as the executive pastor, and I just get to come and hang out, worship with you guys, and talk to you guys, and I'm glad to be here. Good morning. Uh, thanks. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. So uh, the Joneses actually have had quite a crazy last few months. We have been out of town or had someone in town every week slash weekend since like the middle of April, but came back on Friday from Texas, and we're here for the next at least the next few months, the next couple months, to get ready for a new baby because we're adding a new member to our family in July. Um, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Guesses are welcome. No idea what we're going to name the baby, so also name suggestions are welcome as well. So bring it on. But um, we also added a new member to our family, not the baby. We added a new member, which is um, a minivan, which has officially, yes, I know, I know. This is actually a big deal for me because... I think I've officially reached like mom status. I'm like there. I've got two, almost three kids. We go to Chick-fil-A like pretty frequently. We spend our, our mornings at the splash pad. Like we take afternoon naps. Like I'm pretty sure I'm officially a mom in case anyone was wondering. Um, but as I've been thinking about our minivan and our family, I've just been thinking about the family of God and thinking about the series that we're in called A Heavenly Father and how we are part of God's family and how that is just exciting and fun. And then I've been thinking about you guys and how much of an honor it is to be a part of the family of God, which is you guys, and how we all have this Heavenly Father, which makes us a part of like one family. Like not just this church, but like the whole church is a part of the family of God. And I love family. I have an amazing, amazing family that I grew up in, and I get to raise two amazing kids and do it with Larry, and so I just love family. So, like I said, we're on week three of a Heavenly Father, and Jeremy talked about the first week, the role of a father, and um, how, like, how the perfect role of the Heavenly Father can be in our lives, and maybe how that's been, like, um, distorted or skewed or hurt um, by our earthly fathers, but how the Heavenly Father comes in and redeems that. And then Victor talked about the Father heart of God and just, like, how much the Father loves us. And so today, I get to talk about being a child of God. Because as a father, we are also children. And what does that mean for us? What is our response? What do we do? How do we live? How do we receive his love? So I'm going to pray, and we're going to get started. Father God, 
we love you so much. We are thankful to get to be here today, thankful to get to worship you, thankful even when it feels like like we all we have is just like a week, <laughs> hallelujah, like that's all we can say is hallelujah, um, that you're still faithful to meet us. Just ask this morning that the Spirit of God would go before um, every heart and every life, and you would speak to us. You would speak to us in our hearts and our lives about the Father. You would speak to us about how much you love us, and you would speak to us about our identity as children. And God, I ask specifically that you would like rewrite any place in our hearts that like our identity has been off or skewed or different, um, like from the world or from our earthly father, that you would rewrite it in a heavenly kingdom perspective today. So we love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. If I seem a little out of breath, it's because there's a human on my lungs, a small human, but I am pretty much perpetually out of breath at this point in my life, wherever I go, whatever I do. So I'm going to try and talk slow to not sound like I'm panting, but if it sounds like I just ran a small race, that's why. <laughs> um, so today we're going to dive into being a child of God, and we're going to start, we're going to read and study 1 John chapter 3, so if you guys want to turn there, that would be great. Yeah, my water would be great. 1 John chapter 3. Not John chapter 3, 1 John. We're actually going to start in chapter 2, verse 28. If anyone has their, like, Bibles open, what's the title above that part for you? What does it say? Children of God. God's children. So I'm actually just going to start by reading it, and then 28 and 29 are just to give us a little bit of context, and then of chapter 2, and then 1 John 3 through the rest is what we're actually going to be like reading about and studying. So, children of God, starting in verse 28. It's going to be on the screen behind me too. Oh, it already is. Way to go, Jared. And now, little children, abide in, or now little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we have, may have confidence, not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteous, righteousness has been born of him. I'm going to keep reading so you can go to the next one, Jared. See what great love the Father has given to us, that we should be called what? Children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies him, purifies himself as he is pure. So a little bit of context, John is writing to believers, specifically warning them of two things through the book of 1 John. False teachings, and he's like warning them of false teachings and reminding them of how much God loves them through the sacrifice of Jesus. He's doing those two things in the book of John. And don't we need that reminder today, that there are things out there false teachings, words, voices that are not of God, and we need to be reminded how much God loves us through Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice. So he starts in verse, um, chapter 2, verse 28. You can just keep it up there, Jared, because I'm going to kind of be referring to it. He starts, and now little children abide in him. So a little bit of context, a little bit of John's first thoughts before we dive into 1 John 3, is he's saying, children, spend time with God know him, meet with him, encounter him, abide in him, continue in him, remain in him. 
Because there are things of this world that are constantly trying to distract you and speak to you and change your heart and impact the way you think. But if we remain anchored in Jesus, if we remain anchored in God, then we will have confidence in his coming. So the first thing, like the first piece of context for this is just to remain in God. And that's what will keep you rooted and grounded in life as children of God. Another thing this does, this, this um, verse does, is it, verse 29 gives us like, mm, I guess, release of control. I don't know if anyone in this room has a control issue or is a bit on the controlling side. I am for sure. And so verse 29 says, um, this gives us, so we're abiding in God and then we're releasing control of the people around us, both people who love Jesus and don't know Jesus, which is helpful because if you're always consumed with false teachings, sometimes you feel like, um, it's our responsibility. It's like a righteous responsibility to make sure everyone else is aware of all the, the false teachings that are going on. But he's telling us to release control right here. He says, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practice righteousness, practices righteousness has been born of God. Another version says, everyone who has practiced righteousness has been fathered by God. So if there are believers in your life who you believe maybe are not doing the things that you would do or saying the things that you should say or believing the things that you, can, you would believe, God is, or the word of God is saying that those people have been fathered by him. And so be in community, be in life group, be in discipleship, hold each other accountable, challenge each other. But ultimately, it is not our responsibility with other believers to father and mother them. It is our responsibility to love them. So that gives us, releases control. We can release control as the children of God that we don't have to be the fathers. We can just be the children. It also releases control for us people who don't know God. Everyone who practices righteousness has been born of God or fathered by God. So if people are not practicing righteousness, if there are people who are lost and not saved and they are not practicing righteousness, it's because they don't have a father. And how chaotic is it for children who don't have fathers? You know children. You know some of you in this room were not raised by a father. And your life looks, looked or has felt chaotic. And if you see a little kid that's unfathered, it's very clear. Like they do not have a father figure in their life. So people, so this gives us as believers, we can release control of people who maybe aren't living in righteousness or aren't choosing the things of God because it like maybe they haven't been born of him. Maybe they haven't been fathered by him. So that's just what, really quickly with the first two verses, just to give us a little bit of context, abiding in him and releasing control of some of the things that as children of God, I think we put ourselves in like this fathering or mothering position. It's just like, relax. You can just be a child of God. Release and let go. So that's, like I said, context. But now we're going to go into 1 John 3, starting at verse 1. And... Um, I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to tell you the three things that we're going to learn from it. So 1 John 3, verse 1 says, See what great love the Father, or see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world doesn't know us is it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But what we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So there are three things I want to focus on as children of God, what we can receive and what we can do as children of God from this passage. The first one is how much God loves us. The next one is what God's love has done for us. 
And the third one is how we live knowing that love. We're going to find it all in 1 John chapter 3. So, starting at verse 1. I'm literally just going to take some of these verses and go like verse by verse and tell you what I see. (laughs) It's not that complicated. It starts off by saying, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. See, look, behold, fix your eyes on, gaze. Like I said earlier, there are a lot of things that are going to try and distract us and keep us from understanding the love of God or feeling or living out what the love of God is. So we have to look, actually look and do it, act, behold. And then the next part says, see what kind of love. What kind is actually translated of what country? Meaning, like, look at this kind of love. Uh, Like, where is it from? It's bigger than the world. It's bigger than everything. Where is it from? Oh, has to be from heaven. This love is, like, not an earthly love. What kind of love is it? It's not an earthly love. It's a crazy, big, extravagant, out-of-this-world, supernatural, heavenly love. Of what country? Where in this world is this love is from? That's the love that we are fixing our eyes on is this crazy, extravagant, out-of-this-world love. And what has he done? The Father has given to us. Another version says what kind of love the Father has lavished on us. Lavished meaning it's a gift. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. What's the, what's the rest of the song? Um, so, but uh, you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. He's given it to you. It is lavish. It is excessive. And I remember there was um, some dear friends of ours back in College Station who, in the mom's early 30s, um, had a heart attack, like a heart attack that should have killed her. Very much so. She like, anyway, it was an absolute miracle that she's still alive. She had four kids, was married, and the kids were little bitty, and she should have died. Um, and her husband, a couple years after that, Larry was working with some custom home builders, and they were helping build this home for this family. And so the husband was, and the wife were given many opportunities. If you've ever remodeled anything, you're given many opportunities to make many decisions, some of which are cheaper and <laughs> some of which are more expensive. <laughs> and so any time that the contractor and Larry would ask the husband and wife, okay, what do you want, what do you want, what do you want? The husband's response every time was give her whatever she wants. Give, give her whatever she wants. It was always a yes to her. Give her whatever she wants. And we asked them, we're like, why? You know, <laughs> like, like, why? And then the mom is, like, simple, and she's a minimalist, and so she's not, like, going to be excessively extravagant, so he could trust that. But ultimately, his response to us was he was like, I've, like, tasted what it would be like without her. And it pretty much he was like, I can't not give her anything. Like, I can't not lavish her with everything, you know? And that's what kind of love the Father loves us with. He's like, I can't not give them Jesus, I've like seen what it's like without them. I've seen the separation. I know the distance, and I can't not give them everything, you know? And so that word lavish or given is not like, oh, it's just here, here's an apple because you're a good kid. You know, it's like, no, it's everything. It's all. It's all of him. See what kind of love the Father has given us. And, you know, that's not even the craziest part of this whole passage. The craziest part is that we should be called what? Children of God, you guys, I love you guys, I, and I know some of your kids, and I love your kids, and I also love Trader Joe's, and I love Starbucks, and I love a lot of things on this earth, but to claim them as my children, 
Like to own Trader Joe's as a Starbucks, like no thank you. I just want to go and shop. I don't want to control it. I don't want to know it. I don't want to parent it and raise it. And same with some of your kids. I love your kids. I don't want them to be my kids because I don't want to raise them. Because if I take your kid into my family, it is now a lifetime of sacrifice that I am giving to that child forever. It doesn't ever stop. You don't ever stop. A lifetime. And so that is what he's called us. A lifetime of sacrifice. We are worth a lifetime of sacrifice from the Father. That is crazy. All because he loves us. And we were worth the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus to him as well. So you are a child of God. So the first point was how much God loves us. And I hope you feel and receive that it is lavished. Look our eyes. Look, we need to look at it. It's out of this world. It's a lot. And the second thing is what his love has done for us. And I, I just talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to elaborate on it a little more. God's love, one, he loves us so much that he made us his children, but his love has also, um, or he loves us so much that he called us children, but his love has also made us children. That's what his love has done for us. It has made us children. Going back to verse one, he's willing to put you in his family. He's willing to raise you and parent you and give you his heart and his love and his sacrifice. He's willing. So what God's love has done for us, it has made us children. And I think that we don't fully understand that. And I don't know if we will until we get to heaven, honestly. But I think the reason we don't fully understand it on earth is because I think we think too lowly of God and too highly of ourselves. I don't think we realize how desperate in, in need of a heavenly father we are. So I think it's hard for us to fully grasp his love and how it's made us children because I don't think we have like a proper view of God or ourselves. And I know I didn't, and I still don't think I fully do, but something that helped me with this was I was in um, Africa years ago. I think I was a junior in college, and I was eating dinner with like our team. I was on a mission trip, and across the table from me was this family, and they were mom and dad and a cute little blonde-headed little boy, and they were adopting this little girl, this like probably six or seven-month-old cute little girl. And this little girl was wrapped up in this pouch, um, like by the adoption agency lady. She was like in this little pouch. And I, I was talking to them earlier, and I was like, so you're adopting this baby. That's amazing. That's so exciting, you know. Um, and then I went and ate dinner, and I was kind of just like observing them. I couldn't really help but watch them. And at one point in time, um, the caretaker takes the baby, this like six or seven month old sweet little girl, out of the pouch and hands the baby to the mom. And the baby has no arms and no legs. This family chose to go to Africa, adopt a baby that would take, ultimately they would have to give their whole life for. They like chose that. That was like what they chose. I'm sitting there at this table and I, as soon as they take the baby out, I just start bawling. I mean, just like, <laughs> like just, and they're like, we're trying to eat pizza, and the rest of the team's like, what's going on? <laughs> because I felt the Holy Spirit whisper. He said, you are the baby in that pouch, and I am that family. I mean, like that, like that little girl can do nothing. She cannot feed herself. She cannot walk. She cannot move. They flew across the country, paid money, sacrificed their life to be like, I choose you. I want you and my family, and you have nothing to offer me. That's me. 
That's us with the Father. We have nothing. We are desperate. We are deprived. We are disabled. We are destitute. We have nothing. And still, he would fly across the country and pay all the money in the world and be like, I want you and my family. That is what the Father's love has done for us. He has made you a child of God. Despite your circumstances, despite your sin, despite your depravity, he has made you a child of God. That's crazy. Y'all, that's crazy. (laughs) Romans 8, 16 through 17 says it this way. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Oh, sorry, this is a different verse. Then er, And if his children, then heirs of God. Then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We get to be a part of what God is doing as children of God on the earth. He's made us children. We get to be heirs. Now, there is a place that also requires suffering and pain. That is valid. But we get to be children, and we get to be heirs. And I don't feel like I can, like, fully address this point without maybe just apologizing for fathers and mothers and families who haven't shown that kind of love towards their kids, their biological kids, Um, and I'm really sorry. Like, I wish that I could go in and just, like, rewrite all the pain in the heart of the, from the fathers and mothers who, like, maybe you don't feel that kind of love, or it's hard for you to receive that kind of love, because your father never showed you that kind of love, and so it's like, how do I feel it from my perfect heavenly father? I've never felt it from my earthly father, and he's supposed to be the representation, and so I wish that I could go in and, like, rewrite that pain. I can't, but God can. And he is the perfect heavenly father. And he has shown you that kind of love. And he has made you a child. And so later as we, like, respond, we're going to have, like, a, a minute for you to just, like, let go and release maybe what your earthly parents have done and receive the kind of love that the father has for you, which is that, the kind of love that I've been talking about. So number one, what, God has, what God's love has done for us is it has made us his children. And number two... It has given us a place to put our hope. I don't know about y'all, but I think I probably need that like every single day. Like I need, a, I need somewhere to put my hope because it feels like everywhere I try and put it on this earth, it just fails me <laughs> miserably. Um, verse, the end of verse 1 in the start of verse 2 in John 3. Did you put that up there again, Jerry? It says, the reason the world, let's see if I can find it. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. So if you've ever felt confused, like, okay, what's God doing in me? I feel kind of frustrated, like God's working in me, but I don't really understand it. Or what's God doing with God? You know, like, I feel confused by him or his character or his heart or why he would do this good thing or this bad thing. Or you've ever been confused by the world, like what's going on in the world? Why does it look like this? What's wrong with it? If you've ever been confused by anything, it's because we haven't yet seen the full picture. And so if we keep putting our hope in the world or the things of this world, then we'll always be disappointed because we're never going to see the full picture until we meet Jesus. And so, but if we put our hope in Jesus, we can trust that one day we will see the full picture. We will be like him and we will see him as he is. So, Um, God's love has given us a place to put our hope. We are part of the family of God, which means we get to be a part of what God is doing on this earth, but we might not know everything that God is doing on this earth. We can put our hope in Jesus, knowing that one day we will know him, we will know us, and we will know what in the world has been going on (laughs) while we were here. (laughs) 
Colossians 3, 3 through 4 says it this way, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So it's impossible to fully know what our lives are, are, honestly, because our lives are in Christ and he has not fully yet appeared. But it gives us hope because we can put our hope in Jesus, our hope in heaven, our hope in the things that are not of this earth, and we can trust um, that we will appear with him in glory. So we've talked about how, how much God loves us. We've talked about what his love has done for us. And now we're going to do the third one. How do we live knowing that kind of love? If you are um, a practicals person and you're like, cool, I've received the love of God. I'm good to go on that. Which if you're feeling that, then maybe there's some pride there because you can never fully receive it. But if you have received the love of God and you're like, well, now I just need, now need someone to tell me what to do how do I live as a child of God? You know, like, I know his love. I know what he's done for me now. Like, how do I live? If you're a practical person, then this point is for you. How do we live knowing that love? Verse 2 through 3 says, but we know when Christ appeared, we shall be like him. Again, this is in 1 John. And we shall see him as he is. And all who have hope, all who have, everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. How do we live as children of God? In purity. We just read Colossians 3, 3 through 4, but starting at verse 5, it goes on to say, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. You ready for the things that we're supposed to be putting to death? Okay. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming in. And in these things, you, you too once walked and you were living in them, but you must also put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obstinacy, talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put the old self off with its practices. We got a lot to do, <laughs> but not really. Really, the reality is, so in order to live as a child of God, we live in purity. How do we live in purity? Putting to death what is within us. Putting to death what is within us. Okay, you're like, great. That's still vision, Madeline. How do we do that? I'm glad you asked. I've got three practicals on how to live in purity. Number one, already talked about it at the beginning of 1 John chapter 3, but number one is to fix your eyes on Jesus. See, fix, look at Jesus. The more we look at him, the more we look like him. The more we spend time with him, the more we are like him. When I was in college, I was, I was in college and I had, um, I have three best friends and two of them are like a few years older than me. And so they were like in a different, they were in like the young adult section and I was in college. And so um, I was talking to this guy, we were doing some serve thing, and this guy was like, you remind me so much of these two girls, Alex and Hope. You talk like them, you act like them, your mannerisms are like them, like, you should meet them. <laughs> and I laughed, and I was like, oh, those are my best friends. And he was like, duh. It was kind of this, like, revelation of, like, you guys act the exact same. Like, duh, you would be best friends. You spend a lot of time together. And that's how it is when we fix our eyes on Jesus, is we look like him, we talk like him, we act like him, we think like him, we are like him. And he is pure, and so we get to be pure just as he is pure as we are fixing our eyes on him. How do you do that? Spend time with him. Read the Bible. Listen to more worship music than secular music. Read more positive, uplifting, godly scripture things than not. Watch more things that have pure content than impure content. Just let your mind be like saturated in Jesus. That's how we fix our eyes on him. So number two, practical on how to live in purity. 
is know, know in your mind that you are living as a child of God. Let the identity of who God says you are change the way you think. Growing up, um, my mom would always say to us, like Manning's, Manning's don't do that because we are set apart for the glory of God. Manning's don't do blank because we are set apart for the glory of God. So it kept me out of a lot. I was like, Manning's don't get drunk because I'm set apart for the glory of God. Manning's don't do this because I'm set apart for the glory. Whatever it is, whatever the thing is that I was like, sin that I wanted to choose, I like had this running thought in the back of my mind that was like, I don't do that because I've like been set apart to bring God glory. And if I'm doing that, I'm not bringing God glory. She didn't really ultimately mean Manning's. She meant as a child of God. <laughs> as a child of God, you are set apart for the things of God. You are set apart to glorify God here on this earth. And so, not that you cannot sin, but <laughs> sinning keeps you from representing him on the earth. So instead of, so the thought for us could be, I am set apart, I am a child of God, so I am set apart for the glory of God, and my actions represent here on him here on earth. And you guys, there is like an overwhelming amount of darkness on this earth. And so we do not have like the time or capacity or space to spare you or me to darkness. Like, we have to be the ones that are living in light and carrying light and choosing righteousness because there's, it's so dark. It's so, 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 so dark. And so we, we I, like, having the thought of, like, I am a child of God and I represent him to this earth, so I'm going to choose different. I'm going to choose light. I'm going to choose life. We need you to go out in this world and choose righteousness, choose life, choose hope, because it is very dark. So we are set apart for the glory of God, and our actions represent him. So we need to let our identity in Jesus, our identity in the, in the Father has made us to be, change the way we act, change the way we are. The third point of how we live in purity is knowing that the blood of Jesus has covered all sin. 1 John 1, 7 says, But when we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not from one sin, not from 12 sins, not from our sins until we were 25. Cleanses us from all sin. We have to know that it's all of it. Because it's hard to live fully as a child of God unless you fully grasp that it is all of it. You are free. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He's faithful and just to cleanse us if we confess it. Cleanse us completely. So my prayer today as we close out, Victor and Will, band, <laughs> our little band, you guys can come on up. <laughs> my prayer and my hope is that the love of the Heavenly Father compels us to live full lives. That's why I spent the whole first part of the message talking about how I want us to fully understand how much God loves us. Because what it's going to do is it's going to make us act and step and move in a direction, which is to live pure lives. Jesus came so we could be fully cleansed from all of our sins. And the Father chose to give the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus so that we could live pure lives. So today, um, if life group leaders and people, if you guys want to come up, um, I'm going to give them a, some different things to respond to. So if you're a life group leader or whatever, you guys can just come up around the edges. But I'm going to give you guys two and a half things to respond to. 
um, today. One of them is just if you're having a hard time receiving the love of God, like the thought of like being called a child of God, specifically pertaining to your father, like not loving you well and failing as a father, then I want you to come and ask one of these people to, to get prayer. I want you to ask the father to come in and like, I felt like really clearly that I saw like a picture in my head as I was praying that there's like maybe a wall in some people's hearts that like the father's love is like trying to get through, but you're like, you're like holding up the wall, like you built the wall and the father's love is like, come on, let me in, come on, let me in. And you're like, sorry, I can't, I've got this wall here. And so I felt like today specifically that the power was going to be in your response um, of you, as you go up and say, like, I don't want the wall there anymore. Like, I felt like God was, and then, then the love of God is coming in. It's like, yeah, like, here we are. Like, that's what the love of God is going to come in. When you say, like, I don't want the wall there anymore. So I, like, challenge you and encourage you to respond to that. Like, be like, I don't want the wall there anymore. I want the love of God. And some of the specific things that I think, and then the second thing is, so the first thing is fully receiving the love of God and letting him break through that wall to, like, really get in your heart and bring healing. And the second area is if you have not let the sacrifice of Jesus fully, like, be ingested, I guess, or digested into the way you live. You're still choosing sin or choosing different things because you haven't let the sacrifice of Jesus making you a child of God, like, really, really be your identity. And some specific things I felt like were highlighted was sin, shame, insecurity, and confusion. So if you are walking in sin, feeling shameful about something, feeling insecure about something, or walking in confusion, then um, I feel like that Jesus wants to come in. I want you to confess it. Like I said in that verse, confess, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we confess and believe in him, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the half thing is if there's just anything else <laughs> that the Lord is highlighting or bringing to your mind as, as we were talking, as I was talking, your heart started beating a little faster or you had something rough go on this week or whatever it is. So let's receive the love of God, and I'm going to pray. Jesus, Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for lavishing your love on us. Thank you for giving us everything called us children so we are a part of the kingdom of God and we are a part of being fathered by the heavenly father so God I just ask right now that you would help us to respond in our hearts and receive healing breakthrough confession of sin and walk in purity as children of God in your name we pray amen